1 Samuel chapter 30, David defeats the Amalekites. On the third day, David and his men came to Ziklag. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burned it. They took captive the women and all who were in it, from the youngest to the oldest, but they did not kill anyone. They simply carried them off and went on their way. When David and his men came to the city, they found it burned. Their wives, sons, daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the men who were with him wept loudly until they could weep no more. David's two wives had been taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the Carmelite, Nabal's widow. David was very upset, for the men were thinking of stoning him. Each man grieved bitterly over his sons and daughters, but David do strength from the Lord his God. Then David said to the priest, Abiathar, son of Abimelech, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. David inquired of God, saying, Should I pursue this raiding band? Will I overtake them? He said to him, Pursue, for you will certainly overtake them and carry out a rescue. So David went, accompanied by his six hundred men. When he came to the Wadi Bezor, those who were in the rear stayed there. David and 400 men continued in pursuit, but 200 men were too exhausted to cross Wadi Bezor, stayed there. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. They gave him bread to eat and water to drink. They gave him a slice of pressed figs and two bunches of raisins to eat. They greatly refreshed him, for he had not eaten food or drunk water for three days and three nights. David said to him, To whom do you belong and where are you from? The young man said, I am an Egyptian, the servant of an Amalekite man. My master abandoned me when I was ill for three days. We conducted a raid on the Negev of the Kerethites, on the area of Judah, and on the Negev of Caleb we burned Ziklag. David said to him, Can you take us down to this raiding party? He said, Swear to me by God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master, and I will take you down to this raiding party. So he took David down, and they found them spread out over the land. They were eating and drinking and enjoying themselves because of all the loot they had taken from the land of the Philistines and the land of Judah. But David struck them down from twilight until the following evening. None of them escaped, with the exception of 400 young men who got away on camels. David retrieved everything the Amalekites had taken. He also rescued his two wives. There was nothing missing. Whether small or great, he retrieved sons and daughters, the plunder and everything else that they had taken. David brought everything back. David took all the flocks and herds and drove them in front of the rest of the animals. People were saying, this is David's plunder. Then David approached the 200 men who had been too exhausted to go with him, those who were left at Wadi Bezor. They went out to meet David and the people who were with him. When David approached the people, he asked them, um, what they were doing. But all the evil and worthless men among those who had gone with David said, Since they didn't go with us, we won't give them any of the loot we retrieved. They may take only their wives and children. Let them lead them away and be gone. But David said, No, you shouldn't do this, my brothers. Look at what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered us into our hands, the raiding party that came against us. Who will listen to you in this matter? The portion of the one who went down into battle will be the same as the portion of the one who remained with the equipment. 
let their portions be the same. From that time onward, it was a binding ordinance for Israel right up to the present time. When David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends, saying, Here's a gift for you from the looting of the Lord's enemies. The gift was for those in the following locations, for those in Bethel, Ramoth Negev and Jatia, for those in Aroa, Sifmoth, Eshtamir and Rachel, for these cities of the Jehirmalites and the Kenites, for those in Hormah, Borashan, Attar and Hebron, and for those in whatever other places David and his men had travelled. 1 Samuel chapter 30, the death of Saul. Now the Philistines were fighting against Israel. The men of Israel fled from the Philistines and many of them fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines stayed right on the heels of Saul and his sons. They struck down Saul's sons, Jonathan, Abinabab and Malkishua. Saul himself was in the thick of the battle. The archers spotted him and wounded him severely. Saul said to his armour bearer, draw your sword and stab me with it. Otherwise these uncircumcised people will come, stab me and torture me. But his armour-bearer refused to do it because he was very afraid, so Saul took his sword and fell on it. With his armour-bearer saw Saul was dead, he also fell on his own sword and died with him. So Saul, his three sons, his armour-bearer and all his men died together that day. When the men of Israel, who were in the valley and across the Jordan, saw that the men of Israel had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned the cities and fled. The Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip loot from the corpses, they discovered Saul and his three sons lying dead on Mount Gilboa. They cut off Saul's head and stripped him of his armour. They sent messengers to announce the news in the temple of their idols and among their people throughout the surrounding land of the Philistines. They placed Saul's armour in the temple of the Ashtoreths, and hung his corpse on the city wall at Beth-shan. When the residents of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their warriors set out and travelled throughout the night. They took Saul's corpse and the corpses of his sons from the city wall of Beth-shan, and went to Jabesh, where they burned them. They took the bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh. Then they fasted for seven days. 1 Chronicles chapter 10, Paul, Saul's death. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before the Philistines, and many of them fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines stayed right on the heels of Saul and his sons. They struck down Saul's son, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The battle was thick around Saul, and the archers spotted him and wounded him. Saul took his, told his armour-bearer, Draw your sword and stab me with it, otherwise these uncircumcised people will come and torture me. But his armour-bearer refused to do it because he was very afraid. So Saul took the sword and fell on it. When his armour-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died. His whole household died together. When all the Israelites who were in the valley saw that the army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their cities and fled. The Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip loot from the corpses, they discovered Saul and his sons lying dead on Mount Gilboa. They stripped his corpse and then carried off his head and his armour. They sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines, proclaiming the news to their idols and their people. 
they placed his armour in the temple of the gods and hung his head in the temple of Dagon. When all the residents of Jabesh-Gilead heard about everything the Philistines had done to Saul, all the warriors went and recovered the bodies of Saul and his sons and brought them to Jabesh. They buried their remains under the oak tree in Jabesh and fasted for seven days. So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord and did not obey the Lord's instructions. He even tried to conjure up underworld spirits. He did not seek the Lord's guidance, so the Lord killed him and transferred the kingdom to David, son of Jesse. Acts chapter 20. Paul travels through Macedonia and Greece. After the disturbance had ended, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them and saying farewell, he left to go to Macedonia. After he had gone through those regions and spoken many words of encouragement to the believers there, he came to Greece, where he stayed for three months. Because the Jews had made a plot against him, as he was intending to sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Paul was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby and Timothy, as well as Tychius and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These had gone on ahead and were waiting for us in Troas. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and within five days we came to the others in Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week we went to break bread. Paul began to speak to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he extended his message until midnight. Now there were many lamps in the upstairs rooms where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus was sitting in the window, was sinking into a deep sleep while Paul continued to speak for a long time, fast asleep. He fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. But Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him and said, Do not be distressed, for he is still alive. Then Paul went back upstairs, and after he had broken bread and eaten, he talked with them a long time until dawn, then he left. They took the boy home alive and were greatly comforted. The Voyage to Miletus We went on ahead to the ship and put out to sea for Asos, intending to take Paul aboard there, for he had arranged it this way. He also was intending to go there by land. When he met us in Asos, we took him aboard and went to Mytilene. We set sail from there, and on the following day we arrived off Chios. The next day we approached Samos, and on the day after that we arrived at Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus, so as not to spend time in the province of Asia, for he was hurrying to arrive in Jerusalem, if possible by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus he sent a message to Ephesus, telling the elders of the church to come to him. When they arrived he said to them, You yourselves... Know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I set foot in the province of Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me because of the plots of the Jews. You know that if I did not hold back from proclaiming to you anything that would be helpful, and from teaching you publicly and from house to house, testifying to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, without knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit warns me in town after town that imprisonment and persecutions are waiting for me. But I do not consider my life worth anything to myself, so that I may finish the task and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify 
to the good news of God's grace. And now I know that none of you among whom I went around proclaiming the kingdom will see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of you all. For I did not hold back from announcing to you the whole purpose of God. Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood of his own Son. I know that after I am gone, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among your own group, men will arise, teaching perversions of the truth to draw the disciples away after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that night and day for three years I did not stop warning each of you with tears. This and now I entrust you to God and to the message of his grace. This message is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have desired no one's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine provided for my needs and the needs of those who are with me. By all these things I have shown you that by working in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down with them all and prayed. They all began to weep loudly and hugged Paul and kissed him, especially saddened by what he had said, that they were not going to see him again. Then they accompanied him to the ship.